0: G.K. Chesterton was a famous English apologist, and I would say the greatest amateur theologian in history. When people asked him the reason why he was Catholic, he had this answer for them, because it reconciles the greatest set of contradictions. By that, he meant that the Christian faith allows us to simultaneously accept both the saintliness and the sinfulness of mankind. That men and women are capable of great love and compassion, yet also vicious hatred and cruelty. That humanity can rise to incredible heights of intellectual and scientific understanding, yet can behave with comical stupidity. And that we have the ability to create and contemplate the most sublime things, yet can also occupy ourselves with childish nonsense triviality. To Chesterton, the curious mix of dignity and depravity in man can only be explained by the belief that we are created by a just and loving God, crafted in his own image, and destined for eternity with him. But through our fault, we have fallen into sin, and we struggle to connect ourselves again to our Father in heaven." a virgin with child, a king laid in a manger, shepherds, wise men, and angels gathered together under a star in the town of Bethlehem. The nonsense about which skeptics and unbelievers scoff at in the Christian faith, in fact, makes perfect sense. When we recognize that God comes to us in the paradoxical guise of Jesus Christ, both human and divine, because we too live in paradox, the paradox of our virtues and our vices, our successes and our sins, our insights and our ignorance, our loves and our hates, our faith and our doubts. The early church fathers and doctors struggled to discern what were Joseph's motives in the gospel reading that we just read when he decided to divorce the mysteriously pregnant Mary. Some held that Joseph had suspected Mary of adultery. Others thought that he withheld moral judgment about the pregnancy and was instead genuinely perplexed by this strange situation and how he fit into it. And some held that Joseph, in fact, understood that Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit, but he sought to protect her and the child from the shame of his own unworthiness. Perhaps we will never have an answer to that question because God has not seen fit to reveal it to us in scripture. But the beauty of this ambiguity is that it allows each of us to situate ourselves in relation to the nativity. Some of us may be skeptical, unwilling to fully accept the miracle of the nativity, Christ coming into the world, and that this thing really happened. Others might be genuinely confused about what this means. What ought we to make of the claims of the Christian faith? And finally, some might be burdened by sins and difficulties, feeling themselves unworthy to partake of this time of rejoicing. We, the assembled Christian community who gather here today to celebrate the nativity of our Lord, exhibit all of these possibilities. Some here have great faith. There are others who struggle with doubt. Some feel God's call in their lives. Others are still searching for that guiding light. Some are already rejoicing, and there are some who are still burdened. Yet when we look around in the faces both familiar and new, and when we look within ourselves, we see each of these things, each one a paradox next to the other. Yet it is these things that God came to redeem, all of it, all of us. This is why the birth of Christ came about 2,000 years ago. This is why we continue to celebrate it this night. And that's why we say to each other and to ourselves, Merry Christmas, because God truly is with us.